Welcome to So You Think That Was Good, Do You? A podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. My name is Evan, and as always, I'm joined by Carl, but this week we've got some special guests. They've returned. I've been so damn excited for this, no matter how many times Barry wants to put it off. It's <laughs> the guys from Block Blunders, Pat and Barry. Boys, hey. how are you doing? Put another shrimp on the barbie, mate. <laughs> <laughs> how are you bloody game? Uh, <laughs> hey, hey. Thanks for having us. I can't wait to put this off even further. <laughs> yeah, we do. We will have to cancel halfway through and postpone yeah. for another six months. You guys are cool with doing the other half of this next month. Is that? <laughs> I am not watching this movie for a third time. <laughs> you can fuck off. <laughs> well, boys, before we get started, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Tell our, our single listener where they can find you, just so they don't have to wait till the end. Yeah. Oh, here, please. So, no. uh, Martin, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> what our uh, podcast is. Block Blunders is uh, we. It's a movie podcast with a bit of a, 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 an epic twist, if you will. Uh, what we do is we discuss the plots of movies that we haven't seen. So we get a movie uh, that either Barry or I, or maybe a guest, has never seen, but is very well known, like your ET, like your uh, Weekend at Bernie's, Weekend at Bernie's, like your <laughs> you know Die Hard. And we get that person to essentially come up with what they reckon the plot is about. Not what they know the plot is about, what they reckon it's about. Yeah, just based on whatever pop culture references uh, they may have seen or heard of. And uh, sometimes it works well, 90% of the time it's an absolute fucking disaster, but it's very entertaining. <laughs> and sometimes people make a real effort and write a completely different thing to what you asked for. And, yeah, <laughs> yes, which and, is also true. Which is also very fun. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, you can find us wherever you're listening to this podcast and wherever you listen to podcasts in general. Perfect, boys. Thank you for that and thank you for joining us. So good to be here. This week, we watched Rat Race yeah. 2001, I believe. It, it was, I thought it was earlier, but yeah, I guess you're right. No, it was 9-11. I remembered. I made a note of that as oh, I was watching. Oh, 2001. Yeah. <laughs> it's an easy date to remember. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. You don't forget. You don't get that year mixed up with anything else. Oh, I read the inspired by the Stanley Kramer's 1963 film. Uh, hey, you oh. thought this came out in 1963? I thought I was like, this must be in 1963. Um, how old is Rowan Atkinson? <laughs> I'm astounded this was inspired by something and wasn't like our plot for your episode, <laughs> just thrown together at the last minute. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I did want to bring that up. Um, have you guys seen the 1963 film It's a Mad, 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 Mad World? No! <laughs> yeah, well, I've never heard a, of it's that. It's an old classic film that this is, an, that's a very similar thing about all these different people going on a race to find some buried treasure, essentially. The One Piece. Um, yeah, exactly. I see. And this is an adaptation of that. Which, are, are you guys big Simpsons fans or, or? I'm afraid not. Are we talking classic Simpsons classic or current Simpsons. Simpsons? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I so you know the, old, uh... the episode with the cat burglar, with, with um, the cat burglar stealing everything from Springfield? At the end of that episode, when he says, oh, I buried all the stuff I've stolen in this part of Springfield, and everyone goes on a massive chase, and there are all these weird cars and planes flying and all these weird old-timey people, that it's a big reference to this to that old movie. Oh, and then they were see. like, it's been, you know, whatever, 37, 38 years, let's do an epic 2000s 9-11 remake. <laughs> and that's this. <laughs> Well, before we get started, Carl, I'm so sorry. I've been so rude. Uh, how are you, buddy? I've had to watch Rat Race twice in a month. <laughs> I'm, I'm not 
the happiest. Hey, why is that? So, you sound like you didn't enjoy watching Rat Race back to back. What's going on? That's... <laughs> well, I heard there was a Rowan Atkinson and John Cleese movie, and that's what we were watching. I was so excited. <laughs> and then it was this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to front load this episode with something, and Carl, you may not agree, so feel free to shit on me. But on this podcast, we don't like Matthew Broderick. That's why we set up. That was our, our really our end goal was to, you know, every 30 movies, we'll watch a Matthew Broderick movie, <laughs> we'll shit on him. You know, that's why we do this. And to me, Rowan Atkinson is the British Matthew Broderick. Oh, Interesting. Um, yeah, okay. I'm glad that this comes up, because Rowan Atkinson is not great in this movie. <laughs> I think he's so good at this. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. It's like I had completely forgotten. I mean, if we we'll get to it, but he's he is a playing an Italian man, and I had completely wiped that from my memory of his childhood. Oh man! If you say so, <laughs> if you say he's Italian, I guess. No, yeah, it's the most <laughs> offensive Italian um, you could. He's doing something, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I'm not a big Rowan Atkinson fan. I, I don't know if that's because I like he B. stole James A. Caster's girlfriend, <laughs> and I really like James A. Caster, so maybe that's what's that informing definitely that. definitely put him in a different light for me. I was like, wow, he's a real person <laughs> who does bad things. That's funny because him doing that made me hate James A. Caster. Be like, what are you doing hanging around Mr. Bean's girl? <laughs> back off, back off, dude. He called dibs, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He called dibs when he said Teddy and while looking at her, you know, that's, that's how he does it. Uh, you know, I've forgotten to get a plot synopsis, which is the second time in two weeks, I think, which is awful of me. But no, don't worry, Barry. Don't you search one up. I've seen this movie enough times <laughs> to know what happens. Whilst gambling in a casino, a group of people happen to come across these coins. That, that means they're called into like a secret meeting with the casino owner. They're put on a course to race for $2 million. They've got to get to another town, let's say 200 miles away. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> the whole movie is watching seven people doing completely separate things. And I assure you, it was absolutely impossible to take the plot down for. Yeah. That is the movie. So prepare yourself for God, boys, I, I don't want to scare you, but it's going to be over an hour of, of pushing through this. It's, it was, it's, it's a very, uh, when they established the group, it's a very Willy Wonka-esque um, situation, I think. We're going to get to that. Yeah. How, they, how they get chosen, bigger quotes there, is <laughs> sus. Well, we, we ready to begin? Yeah, let's do this. Let's do it. I'm excited. I, I do think it was good, do you? I fucking love this oh. movie. <laughs> it's, just, it's so Join different than Divide. <laughs> getting into it, that, and I'll explain the reasons why The two of us are going to fight this movie. I think this movie. movie's great. I'm, I really enjoyed rewatching it. This is a debate podcast, right? <laughs> Everything you're saying right now is pointless. I'm going to cut it out. I'm having no one saying this movie was good. <laughs> you, we won't be able to. You, uh, we'll keep putting it up in ways that you can't edit it. <laughs> You're not going to be in this, this podcast then, <laughs> Just like the last one, you will be essentially dead. <laughs> so, the, the movie begins with a bunch of production company logos I haven't seen in more than mm. 25 years. And what the fuck is Fireworks? I've never <laughs> even heard of that. That is a production company from an alternate timeline, I promise you. There is then an uh, atrocious opening credit scene where every character from the movie is animated in this creepy digital it's, 2D yeah. it's very like, like Angelica's um, style. Oh, and, Angelica Anaconda. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes. Uh, sorry, Angela Anaconda. Angela Anaconda. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
this, the, I have to, yeah, jump in here because this movie is a movie that I watched as a kid. I'm presuming you guys didn't watch it when you were kids. No, you, you, you're British. You're watching, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what, oh, I didn't want to. You're watching Frasier. James Bond. We're watching Frasier. Yeah, the most Frasier. British, the most British man in the world, of course. No, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're watching fucking Little Britain or some shit. Something that melts your, your minds, you know. Uh, 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 some <laughs> David Walliams nightmare. You're watching him swim the channel, be like, oh, brilliant. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> this is payback but, for the... Uh, for whatever reason, we, we watched this as kids. You watch I watched this as a kid, yeah. This was, this was seminal Australian viewing as a kid. And it was that classic thing of this intro is... It's not quite... You wouldn't quite describe it as a cartoon, but it's cartoonish. They've gotten, like as you said, this you. weird sort of... They've taken pictures of actors' faces and put them on little kind of chibi little deformed little bodies and they're running and jumping around and so as a kid this is one of those things that as a kid i loved cartoons and so when the opening credits were happening i was like oh shit it's a cartoon i can't believe it it was so great and then when it when the opening credits ends and it goes to live action i was disappointed as a child now as an adult re-watching this title sequence i'm very glad it wasn't a cartoon because <laughs> as you say it's incredibly disturbing it's really gross the way the characters move looks like an old ray harryhausen like it's disturbing the stop motion movement i, I didn't I did find not it that like bad it. <laughs> i found it quite unsettling and i thought oh god am i gonna hate this movie but spoiler alert i didn't <laughs> getting cut getting cut <laughs> the movie proper opens with arguably our, our main character nick schaefer He's checking out of a hotel in Vegas and he's pretty angry that there's something on his bill that he didn't order and that is Afro Whores and it is on there a, a very subtle 11 times. When I when we said that we liked this movie, there are parts that mm. are going to... Especially when you open with the Afro Whores 11 times on the bill. It's not a great start for the movie. Oh, we don't like the Afro Whores scene? <laughs> <laughs> this is, Does it ever... Do you think... What, do you think he had it on, like... It's on his bill. Yeah, it's funny that they don't explain it. They imply, they almost imply that he's just been at this bachelor party and now, and he's, maybe it's like someone else at the bachelor party used his room. But he doesn't say that. He just says, oh, I was just at a bachelor party. I didn't buy this film. But he never, they, we never learn what happened. My theory is that there was a deleted scene and then they forgot that this scene doesn't make sense without implying <laughs> what happened in the deleted scene. Famously, you release movies on a second draft. So <laughs> exactly, yes, they yeah. probably forgot to remove this. Um, but it was funny. <laughs> when we were starting this movie and, and the credits were happening, I watched this movie when I watched it with my girlfriend and she asked me, is the movie was starting? She was like, what kind of age is this movie targeted at? Because it's like the intro question. is like a mm. cartoonish. It's kind of makes you think it's for kids. And I was like, I don't know. And the fact that it's, it starts with this cartoonish intro and then opens with the hotel clerk being like, um, was it Afro Horrors 12? Like that's, it is a very weird <laughs> joke to start on. And a movie that in a way is kind of for kids, but in many ways isn't. I, I don't know. Was the movie this is based on, was that for kids? No, that was for like, that was just like, a, it was a comedy. It was like a broad comedy, but it wasn't. Oh, okay. Necessary. It wasn't really for kids. It was kind of a yeah. Yeah, this this movie finds itself in an odd position. Yeah, like you said, all animated up front. Rowan Atkinson as well sort of alludes it to yeah, being exactly. for general audiences. But then they say whores a lot. <laughs> yeah. They say scene. a lot of terms that are not lo no longer appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and it is annoying that we don't get a resolution for it. Yeah. I would. Yeah, yeah I would just like have to, to assume. Maybe you guys you would like the movie if it was, if, it, if that was tied up. You would have turned around and gone, no, actually, you're right. This movie is fantastic. 
Um, and I was wrong. You did watch Afro Horse. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Okay, well, if you ever want to grace us with your presence again, next time we'll do Afro Horse and see what the fuss is about. Truly, that'd be a good one to see if the to really explore the cinematic universe of that movie. <laughs> oh yeah, we have to watch them all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. 100%. <laughs> well, at the same time this is happening, we also meet another character, Owen, and we learn that uh, he was a referee in a football match that sort of biffed the Vitoin Cot. Coin toss, call, toying cost, yeah. uh, and people are angry at him for him, but not very important. His right whole storyline could get to. I I hated his character. Don't, not needed. Yes. yes. <laughs> when the scenes that were missing in the plot points for everyone, when nobody had notes, every one of his scenes. <laughs> so that really goes to show we didn't need six people. Five is enough. Yeah. At the same time, Dwayne and Blaine. I, I think Blaine is the one played by Seth Green. Um, Maybe? No, Dwayne is the one played by Seth Green. Yeah, because the guy's calling okay. out Dwayne with his pierced tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah, but important. Yeah, Blaine doesn't speak much throughout the entire movie because he's pierced his tongue. You can't understand him. I suppose that's the joke they made it at the beginning. Had to run with it for two hours. This movie is two hours. I was really worried for a second when he started talking. I was like, oh no. <laughs> have they done like death voice? Like, have they. <laughs> I was so. I was like, yeah, no, I also, oh my God, I also no forgot what this character was and I just thought he was a deaf guy. Yeah. And then as soon as the tongue came out, I was like, okay, I'm on board. And I won't lie, these guys, I, I had their back through everything they did. They oh, were so good. Great oh. characters. I, I, Carl's like, I can't believe they stuck with that voice. <laughs> Someone somewhere went, just watched every scene and went, this just never stops being funny, does it? <laughs> he can't say words because his tongue is pierced. I love it. So much so that they bring it in with another character. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to translate it. Yeah. For yeah, yeah. And that person is Seth Green, who, well, we've just recorded an episode for It Part 1, which he was also in. Been It Part 1? Uh, the 1991. Really? Oh, right. Oh, the mini with the Tim Curry one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was released as a two-part mini-series, so we're, we're watching it. Also, it's three hours long, so we didn't <laughs> want to do three hours of a, a movie. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, I'm a bit burned out on Seth Green, so I wasn't that pleased <laughs> to have him in this as well. He's in a lot from this era, from your Austin Powers to... This was a, yeah, it was, a, it was his prime time. It, it was all yeah. Scotty Green in the, in the early thousands. What can he say? I think he's well cast in this because he's a really annoying little rat, and that's exactly what he's playing in this movie, you know? it's He's wearing a fedora... 100% of his screen time <laughs> and and he's a little con artist and I, I think that's good casting for Seth Green I feel like he keeps trying to Absolutely. cast himself as like a, I don't know a, he does he does these projects where he's like oh I'm just a kind of smooth like I'm just an everyman kind of guy it's like you're not an everyman Seth Green you're three feet tall and you're annoying and you're very good at that so just you should dive into that have you listened to our It episode <laughs> no, no, no it seems like I should I have trouble not calling him Scott too I did I've call, I call him Scotty <laughs> Scotty no <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and just call him Exhibit. <laughs> How about you don't, ladies and gentlemen, Scotty, don't? <laughs> well, like you said, they're the con artists here, and they're setting up a little con in this very casino. They, they, they're putting a glass over top of the stairs, and one of them is going to do a slip in Jimmy, fall down the stairs, and sue the hotel. But before they can get to that, an old woman slips on it, goes down the stairs herself. And I love that in Vegas, if somebody falls, the first thing you say is, isn't, is anybody a doctor? It's, 
Is anybody a lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I did enjoy this scene. And of course, there is one on the scene. It's the first thing they do, and it's a bit of a running joke throughout the movie. That's right. It's a good movie. You can't deny it. It's <laughs> a good scene. As I said, we'll leave the I'm going to make this movie. so you can't edit my, my opinions out. <laughs> one thing is, is that something I didn't realise is that that woman who, as you say, appears a few times as the kind of Vegas lawyer who goes, you know, I just saw you slip down there. Do you know there's a real person? There's a woman yes, playing a Gloria herself. Allred. Yeah. What? Very famous American lawyer. Yeah. Who it was just playing herself being like, like that was a real woman who was a lawyer, who was like a TV lawyer. As by which I mean not a, like she was a real lawyer who had a lot of TV ads. We said real person. I was like, yeah, they didn't CGI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, she was playing herself. That was a cameo of her being like, I'm on the lookout for slipping falls. Like she just dove Isn't into that a the... good advert for your lawyering well, business in America also, to yes. seem like to seem like an ambulance chaser. Yeah, exactly. She's a, literally yeah, like a slipping Jimmy fucking, but just in real life. So I respect that. I respect that she did that. Oh, it's great stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm sure... Well, I just have to check. Did you boys notice in this scene that behind them as they're setting up this Slip and Jimmy event, there are huge Warner Brothers logos on the wall. Of no, I actually no. I was too. I was too engaged with the theatre. Well, if you'd watched it twice like <laughs> I had to, you'd have noticed them. But I can't understand why. Warner Brothers had nothing to do with this movie. It's produced by Paramount, mm. who are Warner Brothers' competitor. So the situation must be that one exec at one company lost a bet with the other, had to put their logo in a movie they were making, and chose this one because, let's be fair... It probably slipped under the radar for a time. This movie was like, Yeah, I uh, haven't slammed it. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. Maybe it was literally just in the background of the shot and no one gave this movie a look over to be like, maybe we shouldn't have that logo. No one gave a shit. Nobody has watched this twice. Exactly, yeah. This is the first guy to do it. Just me. <laughs> oh, well, we're straight into our fourth character introduction now. And this is Vera Baker, who is played by Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Almost didn't grab that out of thin air. Uh, <laughs> and she's meeting her estranged daughter for the first time in 25 years. Her name is Meryl. Uh, and she has like quite the temper. As soon as she walks in, Vera is quite a calm and like a spiritual person. But Meryl, she's coming in on the phone hot. She's talking to corporate or some lackey at her company and she crushes the phone in her hand. It's also funny because I thought, maybe it's because we'd just seen a scene where someone was scamming someone. But the scene opens with Whoopi Goldberg's character talking to these two Vegas waitresses, being like, "Oh gosh, you know, I'm meeting my daughter for the first time. We've never, we've never met before, and I put her up for adoption, and I've got this photo of her that I've held for, you a know, phenomenal Whoopi impression. It's by in, the way. yeah, thank yeah. you. A and I just thought it was another scam. Like it just seemed <laughs> like a scam because I guess I didn't believe that they would just start this thing by having her." explain out loud her motivation and backstory just, just to another insane character. amounts of it's preposition. Such, it's such a lazy introduction that I thought it was going to be another scam. That she was like, oh, we do this whole backstory and then she comes in and we have this moment and then, and then you give us free drinks because it's such a beautiful moment and it's just a scam for free drinks. But it, it's not. It's completely sincere. That is what's happening. Unfortunately, this is just a consequence of what you have to do when you introduce six characters. <laughs> hey, in the you same have to fucking get to it separately. Yeah. 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 They, they also really set up like um, Meryl, right, by her breaking her phone, and she's like, "Don't worry, I've got spare phones." Yeah. But I don't not understand what what Whoopi's character was at all. Like, well, the other than being thing? The, oh yeah, the psychic thing. Yeah. yeah she she yeah. visits the psychic. The kind of thing is she like living, is she she's the Vegas? hippy dippy mum and yeah. her daughter is this high-powered businesswoman 
that dynamic really doesn't show up again at any point in that. Yeah. Except for maybe the squirrel scene, which we'll get to, I suppose. But um, but aside from that, they really kind of skimp over that. Of all the characters, you think they'd have the most to talk about with, <laughs> with their yes. history. And they never have a conversation. They do less conversing this. between the two of them than the two brothers where one of them can't talk. <laughs> or Enrico does with the random guy who picks him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I will also say, just because we I, I know we skipped over him and everything, but Owen Cuba Gooding Jr. in this movie, I think, is giving one like one of the best performances of the movie in terms of just what he's giving. <laughs> what he's just giving. Maybe his plotline is the weirdest. It doesn't really hold up. It's sort of strange and everything. But he's doing a great. I reckon there's some scenes in this where the delivery that he does I remember from when I was a kid. And it's, it's a good performance. I don't know. I think that's the problem is that he's doing such a good job. Yeah. But because everyone else is doing something really weird and not <laughs> yeah, what you expect yeah. of them, Rowan Atkinson in particular, yeah. he doesn't stand out. He he is acting and everyone else is just like, ah, oh, this film doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll just do whatever I want. Yes, that is that is 100% the vibe. That, that Cuba Gooding Jr. is the one person that seems to be going like, this is my moment. <laughs> this is my make or break. <laughs> I, it would be between him and then the other guy who he uh, will be introduced, uh, the guy at the start. Um, but then he, I was like, so his character is so bad. The main, the sort of main character, Breck and Meyer. Like yeah. he's so boring and he's only helped by the character that joins him later yeah. on. Like, yeah, his, issue, I can't remember the actor's name, but unfortunately he also looks like every other Breck actor Meyer from this era. Breck and Meyer. He's just, you know. Breck and Meyer, uh, Breck and Meyer. Meyer balls, this guy yeah, with the fucking. I just assumed this had to be one of Owen Wilson's brothers again. <laughs> that is fair enough. Well, because... Well, I'll, well I'll get, I'm getting ahead of yeah, myself. Yeah, we'll get to it later. <laughs> Don't worry. I have plenty to say about Breck and What are we, what are we four points in? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like with some of the characters, they just added so much. And then with guys like this, they put up where they're like, it's Rowan Atkinson and he's Italian. And now he has narcolepsy. Yeah. Go. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of cocaine behind this script. It's like not subtle at all. No. What I do like about Meryl here though, when she breaks her phone and she has others, and it does allude to this bigger backstory of her being stressed and stuff, which does link to Vera's psyche. But also the guy on the other end of that, who needs to get in touch with Meryl and she's broken her phone so he can't. So he has a list of phone numbers that she carries at <laughs> yeah. all times that he has to work through one to fucking 30 every time until he reaches her and she breaks that and then starts again. <laughs> yeah, you would you would be like the most stressed employee having to plan out all your phone calls. Like, okay, at any moment she's going to snap her phone. <laughs> I'm going to have to fax her. you got to assume it's after every call. Just to get <laughs> Absolutely. If she's got Even if she's phones. happy, like, I'm so glad to hear that. You've done a great job. Smash. <laughs> just snap. Yeah. <laughs> hit me up. Like, that's when, when she's in a good mood, she tells him to hit him up. She tells him the next number. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Vera and Meryl sit down for some drinks and Vera starts to tell Meryl that her psychic told her to reconnect with her because she's lonely, worried about money, and is having trouble speaking. So this is just really the backstory for why, after 25 years, Whoopi Goldberg is looking for her daughter. Yeah. Uh, because that's all we're going to get. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, yeah, really, why else would you do this? So <laughs> yeah. if, if you're a psychic tells you to do something, you do it. And that, and, uh, yeah, no, like you said, this is all we get. This is kind of, for me it's anyway, tough. the most interesting story, and uh, let's leave it here. <laughs> well, that's not important anymore. Once the, once the money's dangled in front of them, the psychic <laughs> didn't predict that, did <laughs> well, we've got to get into our next counter introduction before the money, and this is number five. 
This is Randy Pear and his family. They've just come to Vegas for a holiday. There's four of them. He's promised he's not going to gamble. I recognize this guy for stuff. Yeah, who is this actor? The life is it John Lovitz? John, John Lovitz. Yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. Um, he's despicable in every movie. <laughs> he's amazing in The Wedding Singer. He's going I'm the way he's going. I love John Lovitz. I uh, and I think he's so good in this movie. He's very funny. As, as this is probably my second, my first or second favorite performance is him as <laughs> as the dad because he's just such. A fucking scumbag. He's the worst. Oh, he's the starting snake. scene. He's there with his family. He's like, oh, we're going to go see, we're going to get here to see David Copperfield, right? Like, because yeah. you promised you would never gamble again. <laughs> this guy's a proper gamble. And he's just like, from minute one of this movie, hey, he plays this dad who is just lying to his family. And I just love it. And he does it in such a good way. He's just like, oh, sure, I'm just going to take a look around. Like, I, you know, like, <laughs> and yeah, sure, honey, you stay here with the kids and unpack. And I'm, well, I'm just having a look around. Gambling, I didn't have any money with me. He's holding this giant wad of cash. I fucking love it. He's just the most irredeemable character. Every scene he gets worse. And it's just, I can't, yeah. I love Which it. Said, even like he has that wad of cash, but then he goes downstairs and immediately starts gambling. And the first thing he says is, oh, a dollar. Yeah. And turns around <laughs> to the cheaper ones. I suspect this character in general is a hate crime in some way. I, I don't know. Yes, I almost didn't write a lot about him because it's like, well, it's not my place, is it? Oh, man. Well, now we're back to Nick Schaefer. He's about to leave the casino. He, he's done with the, the stag do. He, he's not really in, into gambling. When Richie... Uh, his friend. There was no point in me taking down his name because yeah, this is his first and last scene. Never mentioned again. <laughs> nope. Tries to convince him that he doesn't need to go to work. He's a, he's a lawyer or something, a big shot in Chicago. Yeah. But he, this is a guy who loves rules. He's got to get back on time. He's got to get go and do his job. So he, he's about to leave. Yeah, I. Uh, this is a character that I I just have to say, there's multiple times in this scene, in, in this movie, where you're watching a side character and you go, have they like horribly dyed their hair this dude i could not take away if you're watching this movie i could not take my eyes off this guy because his sideburns were a different color from his hair and he looked all fucked up and i don't know and i wouldn't comment on that if it wasn't for the fact that it happens again later in the movie with a different character so i don't know if that's just what the star of the 2001s was but his hair looks wet, it looks the wrong colour, and he looks fucked up. That does sound like very to that early 2000s style, though. Yeah. Wet and, and discoloured I did not hair. enjoy it, and I was glad to see him leave and never appear again. <laughs> I can't say I noticed that. But... No, I know what you mean, but I tell you, if you watch it a third time, which I'm sure you will, <laughs> it's, there's just something off about him. There's something horribly wrong with him. And it's not just because he's begging his friend to go see a stripper with him. You're going to tell me that he's got the Warner Brothers logo dyed into his head? <laughs> I think he might do. He has these big, these big feathered wings that make a W and a B. You know? I mean, I, I know like for me when I was watching this, it's like nothing makes me want to not, like want to leave Vegas more than someone being like, come on, live a little, gamble. It's like, I don't know about you guys. It's like, it's just not my idea of living. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. Sounds fun to do, but not if you're like being forced by your friends and you don't want to be there. <laughs> Is the most fun thing to do, lose all your money? Especially playing slot machines at Vegas. Like, come on. It's, I I'm all down for a game of craps or something, but 
you know, fun gambling can be fun. <laughs> Not if you've just spent your entire paycheck on the same porn video 11 times. <laughs> True. You're yeah. out. You're yeah. getting stung like, for the Live a little man. He's like, I've done about all the living I can do on this channel. I've I lived am, 11 times, I am brother. bone dry. <laughs> I don't need a stripper. I have yeah. afro horse. Even just you saying the word stripper, it's like, ah, oh, fuck yeah. hell. You can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we get a series of shots of our different characters that we've met trawling the, the slot machines in the casino. And they're all annoyed that the, the slot machines aren't paying out money. They're paying out these like little gold tokens. And it turns out after they speak to one of the casino helpers that these are invitations of some kind to like a, an event going on in the, the penthouse. And I, I don't know why, but it shows Nick here winning two coins. Like in the camera shows you quite clearly like as if that's going to matter as if he's going to invite someone else to this and then nothing that's not mentioned again who gets two coins nick no the, i i thought there was a scene where he's holding a coin like a, do a, a dollar coin next to the token coin and being like, oh, that one's not a dollar coin. Oh, maybe that That's was it. Why you I didn't thought... watch this twice, Evan. You watched this half a time. I thought there was a thing being like, oh, this one isn't a, like a, a casino token. It's a special thing. Yeah. You want to watch this a third time and get back to us, mate? What's going on? Like, I believe you. Um, you say what you like. I assume one was a Warner Brothers logo. Let's just move on. <laughs> Now, uh, a horde of characters are all up into this, the, the big penthouse suite. It's this big, posh room with marble pillars and such. Everybody's a little confused about why they're there. And then Ro Rowan Atkinson, who's called Enrico in this movie, stumbles <laughs> into the movie doing just the worst accent. I did not know he was Italian until he told me he was Italian. Could not place what he was attempting. Yeah. I thought he was just... I honestly thought he was playing... Someone with mental disabilities. <laughs> One of the few times you appreciate tell don't show. <laughs> the show was not working. Oh. But I think this um I think this speaks to a lot to the sort of people they're going for. Because it's Willy Wonka esque vibes of anyone can get the golden ticket. But they're mm. only in twenty five cent machines. So they are going for the poorest and most desperate of people. Yeah. Which is sort of shown by the lawyer who just goes, nah, not for me. <laughs> and they have to in introduce the opportunity to get laid for him to go, I might play the game. <laughs> I, uh, in Enrico, it's a, it's a, it's a great... You uh, love Enrico. I love Enrico. The... Well, this is the thing, right, is the movie starts and you think, Enrico, it's fucking, it's, it's Mr. Bean, but Mr. Bean can talk, but he talks in an Italian accent. And there's a reason why we don't let Mr. Bean talk. The character only works if he doesn't talk. And, and for this, with this introduction and everything, this character is going to suck. And then something incredible happens as the movie goes on, which <laughs> just makes it work for me. It just makes it work for me. Uh, no, it doesn't. And <laughs> I remember watching this the first time and being genuinely angry at you, Barry, for selecting this movie. <laughs> as soon as he came into the room and did that fucking Dracula-esque accent, I thought, why is he? I thought it was a personal attack. Like... <laughs> I picked it because I thought it'd be a fun movie to watch because I'd watched too many bad movies. I'm hey. devastated to hear you guys had to pay, painfully sit through this. <laughs> well, wait, I don't think we even really talked about it until much later, Cole. Oh, well, oh because you stopped after uh, we had to rearrange. So yes. I watched the whole thing, which <laughs> I was even more annoyed about that I watched it all and then you cancelled. Well, that was your I, mistake. It's so serendipitous, the timing is that. The movie had just ended. I just started doing the plot points and then a <laughs> message popped up from you saying you weren't well. Yeah. I closed my laptop. I had to go stand outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to have to watch this again. Oh, I'm so oh, sorry, Evan. <laughs> I watched half an hour. I fully intended to watch it all from the beginning this week and just, I couldn't. 
That's great. I'll just I'll just not remember what happened. Did you watch the end of it? Thirty minutes. The last thirty minutes really, really is where it peaks. That's the really. Yeah, he watched all the rest of it. Just the first half hour. I mean, the first half hour is just introductions to characters. Yeah, as long as you remembered those. Yeah, you're fine. You can basically. You could have started the movie just in the from when he's describing the rat race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Bean pops into the room, and then you kind of meet everyone as they talk. That's the best way to introduce everyone. They aren't interesting enough to really give them that whole first opening things. It's like mm. everyone's got their dynamic, it's fine. We have already covered everything that's interesting about these characters. <laughs> the rest of the movie is no. just them traveling. Not yeah. everything that's interesting about these characters. I'll stop uh, harshing on it. <laughs> Let's see why you boys love it. Maybe you'll convince us and we'll come out the other side bloody rat boys. <laughs> yeah, well, there's just, you know, some companionship that can't, that really shines <laughs> in a lot of moments. Well, now we get our other British actor pile into the room. It is John Cleese, probably the most famous British face in media, I'd imagine. Yeah. He's playing Donald Sinclair. He's the owner of the casino and hotel. Uh, he comes in he does this whole joke about there being a meteor that's about to crash into Earth and everybody in this room has been chosen to repopulate the, the planet. That's just a joke. This is just to let you know this is a funny guy. It's a classic bit. Yeah. I, I start all my sets like that. I, I, I think they made one choice with John Cleese's character that worked so well, which is to give him big fucking giant fake teeth. <laughs> I think that works so well for I the character. I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't really have giant... Well, I'm sure he has big fake teeth, but they're not quite as as obtrusive as they are in this movie. And it's such a good... He's... Like, I reckon that's such a great choice to make for this character because all you can see when he talks is this big fucking <laughs> perfect pearly white... Whites. Like, yeah, pearly. And that is truly blisteringly wide teeth. Uh, and it's just great. Like, he just... He's so believable as a rich cunt because he's John Cleese and he's a rich cunt like it's, 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 he does it very well well uh, Donald here reveals that he knows everything about everyone in the room and that he has a game that will be of specific interest to those but I think this is a good place to talk about one of two scenarios that he's just written himself into which is either that he he knew about these people and somehow he got the coins to these people specifically. Like there is a little man in the machine waiting for this person to come along, slots it out rather than the change. And the rest of the time, that guy's just handing out random handfuls of change to everyone else. Which I wouldn't be surprised if he paid for that. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, that works within the context of this universe. But the other one is that he knows everything about everyone in the hotel. I mean, they could have gotten the deep dive on them once they handed in, the, like once they went for the Yeah, because it's an coin. evening, it's an evening thing where it's like- But I do like, I, I do prefer to to go with the Willy Wonka approach, which is that he, well, I don't know if you've had the theory that Willy Wonka picked the, the people and like purposely brought them into the- Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, right, it's not randomized golden tickets. How else is Farnsworth there right after they have their ticket? <laughs> Um, I have a, a related theory, which is that uh, John Cleese is a sort of Morgan Freeman, Bruce Almighty style character, and that he is God. He is God, and <laughs> no, is, not the devil. No, no, he's God. God. This is what God's like. Yeah. God is God. Kind of just it. fucking loves rich people. Actually, that's not. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what the Bible would have you believe. Exactly. <laughs> well, we also see as he's explaining the rules of this game to people, uh, which is that there is a race. There's a one in six chance of everyone in this race getting the money. Better odds they get in the rest of the casino. But we also see that on the other side of like a two-way, a one-way glass, 
a mirror on this side, glass on the other side. If you don't know what that is, I don't know why I'm explaining that. We see it looks like a crowd of rich people sort of betting already on these characters around the table. And he tells them they've got to get to Silver City, which is about 200 miles away. First one to get there, open the locker at the train station, gets two million in dollars. Yeah, two thousand one dollars as well. That's good money. Yeah, that was that was. Uh, I was watching this with uh, Lucy, and she kept being like, "Would you really do that for two million dollars?" And I'm like, "Probably in two thousand one." Also, like, do go. <laughs> they didn't know it was going to be hard. Yeah. I'd go to Mexico for two million dollars. Yeah. Oh, Mexico, sorry, no, it's New, New Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Like that, I'd do that. I'd yeah. make my money back and then some. Travel from A to B yeah. isn't that much of a task. Exactly. Yeah. Now it turns sure. out to be a little, and therein lies the appeal of the It makes it a little movie. difficult, yeah. you know? It's actually harder than you think. And you might even have to break the sound barrier. Yes. Uh. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I think this movie speaks a lot to the different view that we had of rich people back in 2001. Yeah. Pre-financial crisis, you go, oh, it's crazy little rich people just betting on people in a race. You make this movie now, and it's Squid Games. Yeah, well, it has well, Squid I, Game vibes. I think, it is, I think it's not a particularly flattering view of rich people. Rich people betting on poor people like dogs, I think, is, is already fairly <laughs> negative. I'm quite impressed with this movie in a pre-financial crisis world to take that stance. I, I do like <laughs> that they then used that, that as the premise throughout the movie these little cut shot scenes where it would be like random scenes that you'd think of are normal or like really weird out of place scenes and then suddenly they all jump out from behind. Yeah, I oh. love that. That's one of my favorite parts of this movie. All these little- We were betting in- on it all along. Yeah, yeah betting on the plane. All those interstitials, I love that shit. It's great. <laughs> we get into it later, but I love that. Uh, who, okay, so both of you guys hated the movie by this point, I'm assuming. Whoa, 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 why'd you think that? <laughs> I have no idea why. Um, uh, who, if you were to like this movie, who at, the, <laughs> who at this point in the movie would you be betting on to win this race? Oh, good question. Uh... It was the first thing I came to mind because I, I forgot who had won it. So I was sitting there being like, come on, Seth Green. Like, <laughs> I just, part of me wants to say Enrico because he's the wild card. Yeah. Yeah. Because I like the character in any way, but he's the one you'd least expect of it. But I think John Lovitz's character looks the most hungry for it. Is he the, wait, who's John Lovitz? John Lovitz is the dad, Randy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Randy, yeah. He does anything to get that fucking money. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. I would have assumed Enrico as well, but because I thought the accent was fake and he was 100% undercover in some way and was going to Oh, it's interesting you being... say that, because, Same. yes, my girlfriend, who had never seen this movie before, was watching it being like, he's the real owner of the casino. <laughs> this dude who shows up out of nowhere um, and just says, oh, I'm Enrico. This guy is the actual owner of the casino. Donald Sinclair is a, is a cover and... and He's the real, and he's gonna at some point break into his into Ron Atkinson's sort of suave, actual British voice, and he's actually Scrappy Doo. Which, when yeah, exactly. Which, <laughs> when she said that, I thought that would be a far better ending to this movie. Well, that's maybe why you were so disappointed. You're giving this movie too many expectations. <laughs> that's far too much for writing when you're on cocaine as much as these guys were. <laughs> We've got no time for a third draft guy. Yeah, yeah. what do you mean? We've got six characters. They all have to do crazy shit. <laughs> we don't have time to make sub. <laughs> plots of, of intrigue well all our characters think this is preposterous you know they're, they're not going to take part in this they sort of all gamble slowly out towards the elevator but one by one they start taking the stairs starting with enrico who just 
I think just enjoys the concept of a race. Yeah, I, I, that's the, I love I just him being going, it's a race. I'm winning. I'm winning. I can't get, oh, can't get enough of it. That's triggering me. That was too close. <laughs> 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 but, but then Owen follows suit. And it's only really Nick who's left. He, he Like, he makes this money anyway. He doesn't give a shit about winning the race. What I do find odd here is, as of other movies of this era, Who Let the Dogs Out starts playing <laughs> to, like, imply, you know, fast pace, action is happening. But that's not what this song is about. Why do they keep doing it in this these movies? I it's love this song. I'm out on the town, and there's more ugly people out than I would expect of an average night. That's what the meaning of the song is. So why is it playing whilst they're all running for money? That song's not about just dogs that have gotten out of the out of the pen. That's <laughs> you, yeah. You're assuming too much for the average listening audience. They just go, "Who let the dogs out?" Yeah, it's crazy. They're all running. <laughs> they're all crazy. I'm the dog. <laughs> yeah, the dogs. I'm a dog. Yeah, let them out. Um, I yeah. I used to listen to that song. It was the I I had a single of that song on CD and a and Ooh, a CD. Showing our age. I know and a CD player. Uh, and I, <laughs> and when I went on long trips with my family, I would re- I'd play that song on repeat. Oh, well, so you've got no other choice, do you? If you've just got the single, that's the only song. You <laughs> it was have. that and Eminem's. Uh, you didn't have all the their other great songs. <laughs> yeah, all of their other great hits that I know. Uh, it was that song and Eminem's "Cleaning Out My Closet." I would just have, oh, and I would beautiful. have to swap them out for CDs. That's the dream. Both way cooler than mine. I'll reveal something entirely embarrassing for you all now. First time. Uh, first album I ever owned, because it was bought for me, was Peter Andre's Mysterious Girl. Yeah. <laughs> My mum thought I liked that song so much. <laughs> it was the first song I was bought. Hell yeah. I still have that song. <laughs> I think, yeah. Just can't let go of Never it. let go. Never let go. Mine was American Idiot. Oh, nah. <laughs> I went and bought it myself. God, I don't fucking know what mine is. I think mine might have been a cake album. Cake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Delicious. Cooler again. Carl, come on. <laughs> I don't think I've ever owned a single, but the first album I owned was Eminem Curtain Call. Which yeah, makes nice. me sound far nice. cooler than I am. Yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> that is very cool. You win, buddy. <laughs> we get now a lot of interlaced shots of like everybody making their move to to get this money. So Owen gets in a taxi, Vera and Merrill. They, they also get in a taxi. Enrico just runs through the, the casino. <laughs> but he, he falls asleep. We find out he's got narcolepsy here. They do that in the most expeditious. They do the same thing where they're like, oh, well, it appears he has narcolepsy. Yeah. It's a condition yes. where you fall asleep randomly. <laughs> Which in fairness, I probably learned what narcolepsy was from this From movie, that movie, so. yes, same. Yeah. That's the only reason I know what it is. <laughs> Oh, and Randy, uh, he goes straight to his wife, tries to explain to her that he's got a job down in New Mexico, something to do with ink for founding pens. And and so he's got to go. But she is, she wants to go with the kids as well. So he has to tag them all along with them. Uh, And actually, I think, I think they're my favorite scenes in the movie. If I I had to pick some, yeah. So I'm looking forward to get to those. (laughs) But uh, well, Nick stays behind. He he waits at the airport where he meets Tracy. Throws uh, his key out. He's so like not committed. Yeah, he throws it in the bin at the bar of the airport. This is a very important scene for me because uh, this is the reuniting of a a (laughs) first, you know, a a, a massive couple in cinema. This is uh, Breck and Meyer and Amy Smart who were together in Road Trip, the classic teen sex romp. uh, And is a big fan of teen sex romps, uh, both (laughs) on screen and off. Um, (laughs) uh, It was was great to see these two reuniting in the, uh, I don't know if anyone here has seen Road Trip. 
a movie that has not aged well, but uh, I loved it a lot. And uh, this is the, the, the reuniting of these two great performers. And you can tell the chemistry is palpable. <laughs> I'm palpating the chemistry. Uh, well, I've not seen Road Trip, but I have seen Teen Sex Romp, which I think is the prequel to Afro Horse. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> well, she reveals to Nick that she's a pilot. And also, we learned something about Nick here, which again doesn't really come up, that he's gullible. Because he, no. she says something about like the, the, the autobiography they're both reading. The, the guy has a sex change. And he like believes her straight away, even though this guy must have known about the guy he's reading about to have bought his book. Yeah. Like you'd be interested in someone's life to read about their life. But again, it doesn't come up. But it alludes him being the worst fucking lawyer in Chicago <laughs> if the first thing he does is believe the prosecution outright. Well, this is why he needs the money. It's a great lawyer slogan to be like, world's most gullible lawyer. We'll believe any case. <laughs> you tell me you're innocent, I'll, I'll believe you. I'll defend you. This guy sucks. I hate this character. <laughs> well, yeah, you hate the main character. Yeah, he sucks. He's the most boring one. I he like, I, I love, but I love Tracy. Tracy rules. I didn't hear. I didn't get why she was being put in the movie because we see so many of these like inserted female characters who are just meant to be like the, the person that the main character kisses. But later on when she she comes loose, but, I, yeah. I really enjoy yeah. what she does. Yeah, yeah She yeah. takes things in into it. her own uh, helicopter and it's... <laughs> Don't convince me I like this movie. It's good. First seven and then Carl will fall. This, this man's character arc is fucking insane. He is a worse person by the end of this yes, movie than yeah, he is at the start. And it's worse than Randy? <laughs> I don't know. Randy starts bad, so he has no yeah, like, he has nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's at least one moment where Randy takes a serious dive, okay, morally right. speaking. <laughs> you're right, you're right. <laughs> we will come to. <laughs> but he starts out semi-relatable and then just... <laughs> Meets like, a oh, woman yeah, bring and goes, the whole family around. Whatever you do is fine. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course, we can nearly murder your ex boyfriend. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get to that. This will okay. come back on me one day. Let's, let's, let's get Yeah, as a lawyer. Hey, hang on, I'll explain. Hey, hang on. He, there's a good reason why, when we get to that, there's a good reason why he gets into that car and it just goes on. And, and she makes it very clear. <laughs> so, Vera and Meryl, they get on a private jet because Meryl's so rich, she can just afford that. But at the same time, Dwayne and Blaine have a small act of domestic terrorism up their sleeve and they hook their car to the radio tower in the airport and just pull that sucker down. Insane that they're not just killed these on guys, site in I'm, the airport. I'm telling they you. They get away. These are, the, these are the best guys in the movie. They, these are my boys. These are the guys who are going to win it. Uh, and the reason is from this moment, uh, look, sometimes you have a plan and sometimes that plan doesn't go exactly how you wanted it to, but if the end result is what you wanted and you didn't die, then what's the problem? Well, they are adaptable. They're adaptable. This scene also brings up another thing I like about this movie. <laughs> Weirdly good stunts. Yes! Weird, strangely good stunts. The whole thing of climbing up a ladder and, is, and as Dan says, the, the uh, Humvee or whatever that they've winched to this airport radar is pulling the Humvee up so that one of them's hanging onto the car and the other's climbing up. And they're both... And this is what I love about these two characters. These two terrible characters. You've got Seth Green who's so annoying. You've got the brother who's like... 
got this tongue fucking yeah. dog, is that in these situations they're just crying because they think that because they love each other so much and they think that they're about to kill one another that they're just going like they're not being like whoa uh, oh shit they're just going like oh fuck fucking we're about to fucking die and it's so fucking adorable to see these characters yeah. constantly get to situations where they're like I love you so much I'm so sorry like it, and it it's doesn't so matter. stupid it doesn't matter that they do it again exactly yeah. the same way it doesn't matter and it's a good start I like it's we, fun we say they're adaptable their reaction in every situation is scream cry exactly. each other and then somehow survive exactly yeah. i fucking love it i do feel sorry for them though <laughs> because they had to go to all this effort in yeah. order to stop planes flying out of an airport yeah where they managed to pull down the whole tower this is august 2001 this movie came out. <laughs> one month later you can do that with a phone call yeah yeah <laughs> yeah holy shit <laughs> I wonder when this when did this movie when did this movie come out? Was it August? Just they, before? they must be so glad that they were like, I'm so glad we made it a plot point that they can't fly a plane. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Christ. If there's one right move we made with this movie, is that we put the plane shenanigans to an end straight away. Yeah. We just have that questionable hot air balloon stuff yeah. going on. Some helicopter shenanigans, but no planes. Well, that's I was gonna mention that here because you said that these guys have some of the best scenes in the movie, but I think these take part in the worst scene of the movie and that overshadows anything good they can do. <laughs> but I'll, I'll wait till we get... You'll, it'll become clear when we get there. It is yeah. horrific. Oh, I detest it. <laughs> oh, I think I know already and I'm going to be so against yeah, it. I love, me too. I love that scene. <laughs> I love the scene you're referring to. I loved it so much. <laughs> we all know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does it go moot? <laughs> <laughs> it fucking does. <laughs> so everybody rents a car, but Nick's still hanging around the airport. Seeing that all the flights have been delayed, and he speaks to, 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 to Tracy, who he's learned as a pilot, he starts to catch on that, hang on, he's got the only opportunity here to get to the money before everyone else, because she says that she flies a helicopter. Yes, that's why that's... That's it, it yeah, because all the course, planes get landed. Yes, and helicopters don't need radio signals, do they? They can just fucking go. They're on yeah, a different system, there. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. I have no, I have no, I don't fly either vehicle, so I don't, I got my in. But I like that she says this because he's like, oh, all the planes are grounded, so now you can grab a drink with me, right? <laughs> and she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Actually, I fly helicopters, which is a, a different thing altogether. And even if they'd been grounded too, I swear to God, she would have said, oh, no, I also drive submarines yeah. and they leave from the airport, so I can't get a drink with you. Yeah, I would, uh, I, absolutely I, not. I have a, a completely other unrelated reason that I can't drink with you right I now. Can't. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> and also uh it's gonna drive that she is flying to new mexico which is where nick is going so she offers nick a ride very convenient uh, he digs the keys out of the trash and so begins their adventure if you would saw someone just rummaging through the bin to get a key out would, would you not would you not not let them on your helicopter maybe anymore <laughs> oh i'd tell them the helicopters are grounded yes <laughs> <laughs> And I still can't have that drink with you. <laughs> and at this point, I probably would have made the note that why isn't she like sus to him being so fucking insane? But then we, but then we know why, yeah. It's she's... Of equal parts, she is insane, yes. <laughs> well, now we're on to Randy. Oh, this is great stuff. He's in the car. 
His kids want to pull over because they need the toilet, oh. uh, but he's he's absolutely refusing to. He wants to get to New Mexico before everyone else. Arguably, he wants this money more than anyone else. He's <laughs> so keen to get there. Uh, and he's pulled over by the police for speeding. I would say him and the brothers need uh, the money the most. Like, are the, two, are the the two groups that really are thirsty for the cash? Like, I don't know if Randy needs... Like, he's afforded a holiday to Vegas. Randy works at Home Depot, is Ra what he says. Randy needs it because he's a problem gambler. Yeah. That's why he needs yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He would also lose the money within a week. <laughs> He'd bet it all. He would take that entire two million and bet it all, trying to double it. Which he absolutely wouldn't. No, yeah, yeah, back yeah. in Vegas. Uh, two million. Twenty-five cents per suit. Double yeah. zeros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're over to Owen, which might be one of the only scenes we we're all happy to talk about <laughs> him for, where he gets abducted by the angry taxi driver that I think we didn't mention earlier on, who'd seen the game that he'd biffed, uh, and he's left in the desert. And as this taxi driver's removing him from the car, sort of all of Owen's clothes come out before him somehow, <laughs> which I quite enjoyed. Because the pants you can understand, but how the shirt came off in that transaction. Oh no, he wraps the shirt around yeah. his feet. That's yeah, how it yeah, comes yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah, and so he just ends up walking through the desert with his shirt wrapped around his feet, almost naked. To Patrick's testament earlier saying that this guy gives a good performance, that scene where he gets the water for the first time and he's like freaking out about having been in the sun, it's a yeah, good, yeah, yeah. It's, it is what I would expect someone Convincing. to have a reaction to having water around them. And also it. when he gets dumped out of the desert, he immediately shoves his feet in the shadow of two cactuses and he's hopping from shadow to yeah. shadow. And it's, it's a good performance. It's a good like, yeah. you know, I liked it. Just wasted on this movie. Yeah, he really does look like a guy who has been sentenced to death, by the way. That taxi driver is, for all intents and purposes, a murderer. Yeah. You cannot. That <laughs> man would die. It's a great setting to put it in this desert area. But then, uh, like, and as I, I made a note uh, later on when we talk about things, but, like, the, a lot happens in this desert. <laughs> like, it's a desert... Uh, I mean, it's the desert between what Las Vegas and it's well, all, like desert, all of Nevada yeah. is like desert except for Las except Vegas, for which is a part of a desert that's just kept alive by ridiculous amounts of water being pumped in from other states. Well, yeah, like, but there are little suburb little bits as well, and the, yeah, and that's where you get those like houses where they. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's just crazy how much there is going on in this desert that they it's like mm. bare and empty. And then suddenly, you know, monster trucks. But we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to mention that, don't you? <laughs> if, if I had to pick one thing in this movie, just one, that just didn't make sense to me. How is he getting there the same time as everyone else? <laughs> how is this trek across the desert not costing 40 days of fucking nights? That's how long it took fucking Jesus. And he was fucking God. How is this guy getting to Silver City at the same well, time as everyone else? they've all had problems getting there, all right? That's, yeah, that's, they that's all the get point. Delayed. How long do, you know, uh, Whoopi Goldberg and I do to spend in that mental hospital? <laughs> Who knows? True. Yeah, yeah. Well, now we're on to Veryl and Mira. And uh, Vera and Meryl. Wait, I just said that in reverse. Now we're on to Vera and Meryl. Uh, and they bump into possibly actually my favorite character in this movie. Kathy Bates' yeah. weird squirrel lady. No reason she's in this movie. So this is the equivalent of, what is her name? Betty White being in Lake Placid for some reason. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. In a weird way, it like revived their careers just because they were in this weird unseen movie and then they were in more stuff after this. Mm. It's like, so strange. It's like being a crazy squirrel lady a thing. I, I feel like I know it from cartoons and that's it. <laughs> I've never seen it before in anything else. <laughs> this was insane. This reminds me of the weirdest thing though that um, it's slightly tangentially related, but you guys know that there's a um, American... Superhero called Squirrel Girl. 
Oh, I do know yeah. this. And I found out no. the other day that the part of the joke with that character is that in America, Squirrel Girl rhymes. What? Squirrel Girl. Oh! oh it rhymes. Oh, squirrel. I was uh. waiting for you to tell me what it I, I know. <laughs> for us, you go, rhymes with what? Americans go, yeah, it does. Squirrel Girl does rhyme. <laughs> That's that great American school system at, at work there. Well, it does for them. It, Squirrel girl. Well, no, I mean, yeah. That rhymes. Right. Right. Yeah. weird American way. This is why when I found out Americans say crisscross applesauce because they rhyme for crossing your legs. Fucking Criss-cross mental. Crisscross applesauce. <laughs> Kathy Bates cameo is... Odd. Fucking Oscar-winning Kathy Bates just pops up <laughs> for a cameo. It just reminds me of um, Barbara Billingsley in Airplane. Oh, stewardess, I speak jive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is great. What can we get an Oscar winner to do just so she pops up in our movie? Not necessarily an Oscar winner with Airplane, but just someone who was known for playing very prim and proper roles. Yeah, it is funny. Just to be like, hey, well, for this, is like, Kathy Bates, you're going to play insane people. I loved I, I did love in this scene, uh, you get a little bit of that dynamic between the difference between Vera and Meryl, where Meryl is. It keeps, <laughs> Meryl likes it. Yeah. Meryl, Meryl keeps being like, shut up and tell us where to go. And Vera keeps being like, oh, I guess that one's kind of cute. I, maybe I would buy the squirrel. They could have bought a squirrel. Yes, but the next part of the movie couldn't happen if they Right. Didn't. Oh, <laughs> and how bad would that be if they couldn't write in their insane bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> well, when they refuse to buy the squirrel, uh, Kathy Bates gives them a shortcut uh, to the to the interstate so they can get to Silver City before everyone else and also passes a bag of nuts to them. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> for squirrels. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's what you it said. is for yeah, a reason. But, but it and seems it's like... Because, yeah, it's, oh, we'll, get, we'll get why the reason for that was. Yeah. <laughs> so we're back over to Randy now, who has been forced to stop by his child because they've seen a sign for the Barbie Museum. But this isn't your everyday Barbie, is it, boys? This is a museum dedicated to Klaus Barbie, the Nazi official. This bit fucking rules. It's so funny. This this is the funniest fucking thing to me. (laughs) Just the hard cut to to these white supremacists. There is a line in this scene where they say that, uh, uh, what's his name, Karl Barbie... Uh, was a three times dance, um, ro- about, like, ro- what is it, ballroom dancing uh, yeah, competition? Yeah, yeah. Is, uh, is no. that real? I would I, love <laughs> if that was a real fact about a Nazi I, officer. I genuinely don't know. But, I, I just yeah. think it really, it wouldn't be outside of the stretch of what the Nazis were into, which is, I guess, like, when they weren't being ter- the, the villains of the world, they did like to present themselves as, like, you know, uh, art-loving, refined, yeah, like... Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I like the idea that Nazis would be insulted that they're being categorized as just Nazis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm more than that. I'm happy to be that, but I'm also these other things. It's just so great. The, the, the dead-eyed, yeah, punks delivering <laughs> this monologue in the way that, like, you, you know, just like... Like they've done a million times. Like we're not just talking about Klaus Barbie, the the officer. We're talking about Klaus Barbie, the family man. Like it's just it's so <laughs> crazy. Randy and the family just absolutely terrified. As as I don't know if we've said definitively, but it's a Jewish family. Like they're just yeah. absolutely terrified. It's just such a good like fucking gag. The kids, by the way, are like running around, be like, oh cool. Like they don't understand what's going on. 
<laughs> it's so good. It's just very funny. And you say this is a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, I consider myself quite good at spotting foreshadowing and getting annoyed when it's pretty obvious. I didn't see them slagging off the Beetle as a car made by Nazis being foreshadowing for them driving Hitler's car the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, but in that same but stroke, I was impressed. There is a scene coming up after this which so clearly sets up a later scene. Yeah. And what I've just said might seem like nothing now, but you'll know when it fucking happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Dwayne and Blaine actually drive past the museum at this time and recognise the Peer family's car and fuck with, like, the, the engine somehow. So they come out of the museum, realise their car is fucked, and what do I have to do? They've got to drive in Hitler's real car yeah. the rest of the way. It does fucking rule. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm coming round. <laughs> <laughs> Let's watch it a third time altogether. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, now we head straight into another scene that fucking rules. Yeah. Tracy is flying her helicopter uh, towards Silver City, but she's taken a, a short detour. <laughs> she wants to wave at her boyfriend as she drives over his house, but she spots her boyfriend's ex-girlfriend's car outside the house, drives over the back garden, sees her in the pool with him, is so annoyed Charlene is there, and then immediately attempts to murder them with <laughs> the blades of the helicopter. Really quickly. Just from zero to 100. <laughs> Love it. And incredible, this scene. And But really quickly, something that... And this is might annoy you as the thing that annoyed me in the movie but but uh, out of everything that i could focus on the thing that pissed me off was that they're in this pool and then they're like oh it's so nice and warm but they're in the desert in vegas like do they want a warm pool why are they it's like the middle of the day it's not jacuzzi time it, it also really shows you from the helicopter's perspective it really shows you how fucking dire the vegas suburbs are oh, these houses yeah. just in the middle it looks awful fucking so terrible yeah there's some serious irrigation going on in those little pump but no it's, so, it's a great scene amy smart giving an incredible just going fucking psycho very, very and getting funny. him involved by handing him things to chuck down like open this bucket of paint we're Which gonna drop say, it Impressive that they did actually f explain why there was a bucket of paint in the helicopter. <laughs> because early on, just like, you were flying them all down to Silver City so we can get them painted. And it's like, so we've got the paint in the helicopter. <laughs> Impre I'm impressed that they How's that for the foreshadowing, foreshadowing that. Because <laughs> I remember watching me like, why is there a bucket of... Oh, shit. <laughs> You're not helping your case for how low the bar has to be for I was a bucket still, of paint I, I was to impressed. be in a helicopter. Is that why this movie's good? Yep. They, it's one they of many, the paint. many There was a reason for the paint. There's some incredible, there's some incredible scenes. Oh, That's the only thing. I mean, she really goes to town on them with the... <laughs> that, and the stunt flying of that helicopter, I can't tell. Like, that was some cool little maneuvering with the... Good stunts. Good yeah. stunts in this movie. I don't know if it was just the desert aspect of this, but this really had Kangaroo Jack vibes for me, this whole scene. <laughs> Have you boys seen that? Uh, yeah, well, that's the, that's a classic thing of you go see the trailer and you're like, damn. Did but, I hear recently that Kangaroo Jack was meant to be an R-rated film and then got dropped out? I can believe that. That might have been in our episode. It might be, yes. yeah. But the thing is, Kangaroo Jack, of course, made for an American audience about Australia. When you watch it as an Australian, there's a scene where they arrive in Sydney Airport and then they go driving and then the next scene says you're arriving at Cooba Pedy. Cooper Pedy is so fucking far away from Sydney. <laughs> and it'd be like if you're like, oh, we're landing in Heathrow. And then the, just the next scene, there's like, Russia, five kilometers away. Like, you'd be like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You, you went through so much. Where, where is the place? Like, where's Cooper? What, what? 
Cooper Pedy's in the fucking outback. It's, it's, oh, it's fuck. that Cooper Pedy's the town that's underground because it's too hot to live on the oh, surface. Oh, fuck. I know yeah. that place. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So they just cut straight from Sydney to Cooper Pedy without any explanation of. We've been driving for a while. It's just like, oh, I think this is it, actually. Is it over here? Anyways, tangent. I'm, I didn't mean to trigger uh, <laughs> clearly very buried feelings within you, man. Well, I only mentioned Kangaroo Jack because it reminded me of that. And also, I don't know if we mentioned it in your episode, but we referenced Kangaroo Jack, but I think I skipped over oh, really? telling you what it was no. yeah when we take a photo with barry in the back of the car when he's dead they do that in kangaroo <laughs> oh you're right yeah, yeah. I forget that an odd scene to mention i don't know how many people have actually seen that movie michael shannon great michael shannon role yeah oh yes i forgot he was in that. <laughs> yep. i wish i bet he wishes he had <laughs> <laughs> So now we're back with Owen. He finally makes his way to the restaurant. Uh, the rest stop. This is where he he drinks that water, and it's a really yeah. great piece of acting, but completely wasted on this <laughs> movie. Uh, and he manages to convince a bus driver at the restaurant. Why do I keep saying strop? Stop. <laughs> Ana- to give him yeah. all his clothes. Another beautiful piece of acting from Cuba Gooding Absolutely, Jr. The- yeah. Her amniotic sack is leaking, <laughs> and we need your pants. And then for him to finally be like, because her. Vagina! <laughs> Very, is it highbrow? No, but pretty good. Certainly not. It would have been more convincing if Owen was clothed in yeah. the scene, but the fact that he's all naked should have been a, a red flag to the driver. But we gotta get I only need the clothing so items that I'm missing. Quick, quick, yes. give them up. <laughs> And uh, he steals that guy's bus. And it's filled with people who are like cosplaying I Love Lucy. So much of this movie is devoted to talking about these I Love Lucy cosplayers. (laughs) I don't understand why. There's a lot of cocaine being done in the writing room, guys. There's not a lot of explanations needed. (laughs) (laughs) I Love Lucy was playing in the background. That's where the idea came from. (laughs) I was reading that the writer of this, his main thing was being brought in to inject humor into other people's scripts. And yeah. I'm convinced that he just took every idea that someone said no to and put it in the back end of <laughs> I, this movie. I can believe that. This is a punch-up writer's script for sure. Because like, <laughs> we, we've made our feelings slightly known so far, but at this point I was still Love in. It. But then it just starts to feel like, and then this happens, and then this happens. <laughs> and, yeah, then, and then a cow gets attached to a hot air balloon, and you just... The, one of the best scenes oh, in the movie. Good stuff. It's great. It's good, good gear. There's that low bar again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Enrico wakes up in the the reception of the hotel. He's broken up by a bunch of kids and he just starts racing again, which I did like. He's just (laughs) immediately back into running, saying race, race, race. And he gets hit by a a van in the middle of the road. Uh, There's like a kerfuffle where the guy driving the van doesn't want that lawyer to come, you know, immediately stake a a claim against him. And uh, he tells Enrico he's also going to New Mexico and they get in the car and head there together. Uh, The guy who's the van driver is the... The guy from Jurassic Park. Wayne Knight. Uh, 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 He's Newman. His name's Wayne Knight, yeah. Is he in other stuff? He's in Seinfeld. He's in Newman in Seinfeld. Seinfeld. That's what he's known for. Oh, I thought he was called Newman in Jurassic Park. Oh my God, I've recently watched all of Seinfeld. (laughs) How did I block him out? Yeah. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's his his big role for sure. A very famous man. Yeah, this this is what I mean. So, So Enrico is a character, what you know, dumb too much. For some reason, I love his fucking dynamic with Newman. I think they have such a great. I um, do love them together. There, yeah. They have an incredible, you know, man on like you know back and forth. It's good. It's yeah. just a great dynamic, a great chemistry. Well, he's so great scary. at talking to that lunatic. Like, because yeah, because it's just like 
you know, he's he's this, Newman is this weird, greedy, terrible man who's trying to impress him for some reason. There's like a sociopathic element to exactly. him that underplays all those scenes. And Enrico's like this child. He's not getting any of that extra stuff. Yeah, no, no, yeah. yeah he's yeah. just having a good time. Exactly. <laughs> I, I just really enjoyed that dynamic. <laughs> well, Dwayne and Blaine, back to them now. Uh, God, this movie's all over the place. <laughs> uh, they have the idea to split up, copy the keys, and double their odds. So they they go to a keymaker, keymaker, locksmith. Yeah, yeah. Key cutter, key locksmith. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and uh, and they get another key made. Uh, they do say too much in front of yeah. this guy, yeah. who gives them fake keys and just bounces with with the one that unlocks the actual locker. And this is where I had to I had to kind of, you know, sometimes you have a plan like they've had before. They and sometimes that plan is very exciting and you can't help and a lot of characters make this mistake because a few extra people get involved in this goddamn rat race. <laughs> because, <laughs> because these fucking people can't stop shutting up about a 2 million dollar cash prize in a locker in New Mexico. <laughs> and here's the key in my hand, you know, yeah. like uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this is the, the the setup for my the scene of my greatest concern. Great so that's why I needed <laughs> to to mention it. Yeah. Uh, back over to Vera and Merrill now. Uh, they find out, out that the the shortcut they were given was a ploy, and they they come off this ramp. They land next to all these other crashed cars. And the reason that bag of nuts was important was so we knew that crazy squirrel lady had sent all these people there because there's always skeletons holding bags of nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the signs weren't obvious enough where it says you should have bought a squirrel. Uh, they needed another extra layer of. I just love it. It's a full on. Halloween store skeleton, like pure pearly white. <laughs> it's great. I love the idea that she's been doing this for so long that these, <laughs> this skeleton has been stripped completely clean. Like, it is, <laughs> that's great. And th this is one of the moments I really remember as a kid, them driving up the, the down the thing. I, I, I read that they could break at any time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's going, you should have bought a squirrel, and then it flies off. And then, <laughs> they, you know, really, for some reason, stuck in my mind. Just lodged it. There are a few scenes in this movie where I was watching it, and I started having a, like a, a like a flashback to when I watched it the first time as a kid, and being mm. like, oh, I remember this part. And one in particular where I was like, well, obviously I remember this part. <laughs> I picked this movie. <laughs> well, no, it was uh, like at the very end. Uh, anyway, it's at the very end. Towards the end. I'll bring it up when it's the scene that I really remembered. <laughs> nice. Let's bloody get there. Oh, well, there's a scene now where, I love this scene, where Randy is telling everyone in the car, Hitler's car, to stop playing with Hitler's stuff. Like, they found stuff underneath the seats. I love it that, like, the people who bought this car never searched it for <laughs> yeah, extra yeah. memorabilia. It's just all still lying around. Hitler's harmonica. Eva Brown's uh, lipstick. lipstick. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, Putting it on. When she's trying to kiss her husband and he's going like, ah! <laughs> <That's great. laughs> it's so funny. And I love how he gets it on his hand and he, he transfer it, transfers it accidentally to the, the wheel. And you know what it's this setting up. It doesn't happen this scene, up. but as soon as that happens, you're like, I, I know what you're doing, movie. I actually don't I know, know this. Doing. Is this a reference or something? Like, Well, it explains something that happens later. Maybe that. I wasn't paying attention yeah. later when it happens. But I know exactly what it is. It happens soon, yes. so we'll get Okay, to good. Yeah, I, I love it. I think I like this movie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm in. Evan's in. 
Next we'll get Carl on board. <laughs> Although we're about to get to the scene that'll definitely ruin your opinion. But, oh, really? <laughs> but it's my favorite scene, so. <laughs> so. Oh, this is also good, yeah. Enrico and Zach are hauling their ass to New Mexico. And Zach, who is Newman's character, by the way, yeah. he reveals that he's transferring a human heart <laughs> to a hospital in New Mexico. And he's like, go on, Enrico take a look it's bloody good and Enrico does more than that the way he, he like, describes how to get it out it's like come on it's been locked in the box it needs air <laughs> like, <laughs> the weirdest comfort. it's all it's just so incredible the the, the performance from from uh, 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 and Newman you're just being like if there's a heart in the back of the car you want to you want to see it? Like, it's so... He truly, he's like a child. He's just like the excitement of like, I've got a human heart. Would you like to say, to a drifter he's never met? It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking great. And as you'd expect, the car hits a bump in the road and that thing goes flying out the window. Of course it does. There's an odd little scene here where Tracy and Nick run out of gas. Yeah, they've stolen the boyfriend's car after she tries to kill them. That's run out of gas. And they just stop and siphon it from a police officer. And the way they steal it is by pretending that they're peeing in the road yeah. next to the police officer's car. Yeah. And onto the road. <laughs> like, just onto the middle of the road. 200 feet from their car. They've just come over here to piss into the road. Also, so I don't think a cop would let that slide. Yeah. I don't think you're allowed to just pee on, on the road. Not even by the road. It's illegal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but luckily, Dwayne and Blaine come speeding past and the police officers got to go and, and chase those instead. Well, they're chasing someone who's stolen and their key. Yeah, Dwayne and Blaine are chasing the key cutter that stole their key, which brings us to your favorite scene in the movie. That's right. And we're getting there. It's coming right now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Dwayne and Blaine chase the key cutter to a balloon festival yeah. where <laughs> classic Las Vegas balloon a, festivals <laughs> a balloon to escape the guy who's acting as the, the keysmith as well I think he's in he's in prison break isn't he has anyone seen I've prison break seen he plays like a guy who oh it's it, so if you know the whole concept of prison break where he's got the tattoos that like have the map of the place the guy who plays this oh. the, well that's the whole thing he like tattoos the map he like designed the prison so he has like the uh, the map of the prison hidden in his tattoos <laughs> And he's going to use that as the blueprints. So <laughs> we're going to have to do a whole Prison Break series. <laughs> I know we're not doing Prison Break, but you'd put him in a different prison, wouldn't you? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. He that Absolutely. But then... good, luck, good luck finding the room for this layout. Idiot. <laughs> You're one and done. So the guy who plays the key lock, uh, the keysmith in this one, he was he plays a guy in Prison Break who is in like the, like a, I don't know what you'd call it, like a more uh, mentally unstable like ward where they have to like look after people okay. a bit more intense. But he notices immediately, like he sees the tattoo and he's like, hit the guy, he's got a map on his back. He's got a map, it's a map. Like it nearly blows its whole cover. So that was fun to watch him in this role. He's very similar. He felt like too good an actor for this role. <laughs> yeah. I was enjoying what he was doing, but it, uh, well, good scene. This scene's about to ruin it, so here we go. Uh, somehow, Maybe. Dwayne ends up caught in like the ropes of the hot air balloon, and he's being dragged off with him. <laughs> but so does a cow. Yes. And we get a whole scene here. You missed the part where he, he bumps into a bunch of cows, where Seth Green's going through the field, dangling over the cars on auto drive. Uh, uh, what's his name? Blaine is on the front of the car as it's yeah. moving. And then he's being held by the hot air balloon, whacking into different cows. It's all comedy gold. I don't know what he is. <laughs> sure, until uh, now, where okay. the cow ends up next to him. And then somebody in the room wrote this somehow, and it was allowed to stay in the movie. Yeah. And 
Dwayne squeezes the cow's udder to squirt milk into the key cutter's face and it happens for so long. Good stuff. And it's so vulgar. Yeah. I despise Good it. Good gift. Nah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was great. I thought it was great. And I, I love that it all ends up with another scene where, as Barry was saying, the two brothers are in a position where they're about to end each other's lives <laughs> and they're sobbing and crying and weeping <laughs> and they don't know how they've gotten into this situation. And, and one of them's on the boat, it doesn't even occur to him that he's... Like he can stop the, like he can get into the, you know, and do something to stop this from happening. But it's great. I love it. Can't get enough of it. Another great, surprisingly good stuff. I always miss the stuff where you are really, like that whole milk sturdy thing. I must have been getting a glass of water. Like, I don't remember that no, part. No, yeah, I don't remember that part. I'm surprised they have the restraint to avoid the cow shitting on Dwayne's yeah, head while, true. you know, yeah, I was waiting for that to happen. To that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, that would be too far. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're worried about what happens to the cow, continue to be, because it now gets hit by a bus. Owen's bus. Uh, the bus crashes, gets fucked, uh, and uh, he, like, he loses the tire of the bus, he can't fix it, and he also loses like the trust of all the people, so he's got to continue his own journey to Silver City. But we're going to leave him until later on now. I feel like the cow should have won the money in the end, honestly, personally. Should have, yeah, because he's still in it. He yeah, really the cow really end, joins in. Don't forget the cow. <laughs> uh, back to Enrico, who has just lost the heart out of the window, uh, and they're, they've pulled over, they're searching all the foliage for it. And I, I and this was funny to be fair. A dog brings the, the heart over, but Enrico, being like this goof, just thinks the dog has wanted to play fetch and doesn't even think about recollecting the heart and throws it again. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it's not at all weird what happens later. <laughs> oh, back with Randy. Continuing to piss people off in Hitler's car, he swears at a a gang of female-only bikers. Oh yeah. He burns his finger in the in the cigarette lighter and starts waving his middle finger that, yeah. around uh, and thus offending apparently a lesbian gang of bikers that he's happened to cross. But then at one point they're smashing his car and he says, it's Hitler's car, you lunatics. Yeah, which is such a great line. <laughs> such a great line. Are you crazy? To, this is Hitler's car. He has to defend Hitler's car. And this is where, like, they, they sort of, they get beaten up on as they're driving and he smashes his face into the steering wheel and he ends up with Hitler's mustache. Oh, is that how he gets lipstick. the mustache on the thing? Yes. I, I, I missed, I guess I missed him hitting his face and I only saw him popping out with the mustache. And I was so We're confused. Just smashing walk waters back. But by that time in the movie, scene. I was like, I, I'm willing to accept anything. Like, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that being in Hitler's car conjures a Hitler Conjured, mustache yeah. on you he if you drive it. it for long enough. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's here where we're kind of reminded that the the people who are betting on this race are still there because Harold Sinclair's lawyer enters the room like and he's ordered a prostitute with this weird list of things where she has to be naked, wear sailor hats, a jacuzzi full of Pepto-Bismol. He wants to clip her toenails and he wants her to shave his buttocks. But this just turns out to be another sort of elaborate bet to what she would agree to for these high rollers. <laughs> so good. I loved all the little bets. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few interspersed throughout the movie, but we've skipped over a lot. Yeah. Because there's, there's enough There's enough going there's on. There's enough. There's enough to talk about. It, it always ends with, who had 2,000? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah, love yeah, it. Everyone comes out. It's a good scene. So now we're back with Zach and Enrico, who is a uh, Newman. And he's panicking about, how is he going to explain to a hospital that he has lost a heart? when he realises he's got the perfect scapegoat in Enrico, who he confirms has got no family, no friends, nobody knows where he is, that he's, you know, even <laughs> out on this race. 
and I, I suppose he's going to kill him and tell people that this guy stole the heart. Like, because it, it gets very dark. The feeling gets almost, he gets like that killer look in his eye. The closest thing that Enrico has to like a good like line in this movie is when, you know, um, Wayne Knight says, oh, all right, we're going to find a drifter, kill him, cut his heart out. That's how we'll do it. And then he goes, so do you have any family, Enrico? And he goes, no, my mother and father, they are both dead. I have no one in my life at all. He just says it with such a wistful smile on his face. And just completely guileless. Like that is Rowan Atkinson in a word. Completely fucking guileless. And it's so funny. But, 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 but no matter how good this scene is, it's blown away by just the whiplash. And this is a scene that me and my girlfriend, we rewinded <laughs> several times to watch. Because once Enrico finds that he's about to be murdered by, Wayne, by Newman Wayne Knight, uh, he goes like, oh, look over there, look. And then <laughs> runs off a few feet and then just leaps in the air and somehow a bullet train speeds by and he whisks away on it. It doesn't make any sense. It Do looks visually insane. It doesn't look like... It looks like he almost gets hit by the train. Do they even have bullet trains like through... I don't Vegas. know why it would be through rural Nevada <laughs> as well. <laughs> There's no sign of a train track there when he runs and jumps into it. No, that's the way the road was going. Yeah, yeah. I promise you. <laughs> it's just like 80 cents. And the uh, the effects are questionable. Yeah, like yeah. I know it's 2001. It looks like when Austin Powers jumps in the time machine in Austin Powers 2, where he just jumps yes. and then his body freezes and it twirls around in a circle. <laughs> the worst part is this just, like, I feel like this only sets up the, the scene that comes later when he's on the train which is by far the worst scene in the movie and should be removed <laughs> uh, which is him and a baby oh yeah that, that's coming really that should be, that should yeah, be cut yeah. from the movie like we're in the tail end now so yeah Enrico jumps on the train he, get, he gets away but luckily there is this funny scene where, where Zach like connects himself to an electric fence by accident and the heart comes back to life <laughs> so, so he's like oh it's fine all these dog bites in it don't matter <laughs> the heart will still work but I'd say arguably starting a heart outside of a human body yeah, is as bad as damaging it. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 fucked. Though. That heart is fucked, yeah. <laughs> There's no point. Ah, back with Vera and Meryl. Uh, everyone's sort of in the end phase of their journey now. They're wandering through the desert because their car has crashed, and they reach just an event <laughs> that's being held in the desert that is there to break the land speed record, and they steal the rocket car. Somehow they drive all the way through the desert. They're going over all these different planes and, and levels. Somehow they stop without killing themselves and they get out and immediately they are herded on to a bus full of people with mental disabilities who are being herded back to a mental institution. Yeah, I thought it was a great gag them pretending to be like kind of race fun. car girls to get into the race, uh, to the to the machine to, to pilot it. And I like that all the researchers working on the light speed record are genuinely excited that they broke the <laughs> yeah, record. Yeah, they don't not care. Not as concerned <laughs> that their entire proprietary technology has been stolen, but it's, uh, it's good. Have, have any of you ever watched The World's Fastest Indian? Because no. that makes me... It, well, it's uh, talking about the, the bike Indian. It's like so... Indian motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's set in these, like, we're setting the world's fastest land record. Uh, and just... Uh, it was a movie that was strangely played a lot at my school yeah, growing up. it's a up. classic school movie for some reason. And it made me mad in this scene because I was like, it's actually very difficult to drive those, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just jump on in. I'll accept the train jumping on bullet train speed. I'll accept the cow being tied up and drifted away into Okay, it's the an thing. Australian movie. This is oh, why these two it? have no idea what we're talking about. I was that just looking sense. it up. It doesn't make sense why they would play it at schools. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a hard thing to do. 
<laughs> I, I felt that same way without having to have the movie as the reference. I imagined it, it yeah, was Yeah, you would think that yeah. you can't just do it. You can't just drive at bad. the speed of sound. <laughs> so Dwayne and Blaine, are, they're, all, they're driving down the, the, the interstate. They're almost at Silver City also. Now, this is the they part in the movie where I went, I remember this scene. Yeah, I remember this is a seminal moment. This if you is know what formative. I'm this, this put the semen in seminal, if you <laughs> watching it as a kid. Uh, well, yeah. a lady shows her nipple piercings to, to Blaine, uh, and they okay. start to drift. And can I ask, in your version of the movie, does it show her breasts and nipple? Or does it... No. Okay, no, did, it, no. did it for you Not at all? Not fully frontal. No, and it doesn't at all? Because I feel no. like I have a memory of it. No, being, they never no? showed the Okay, it, it goes up, it scans up, and then... Well, you see the side the side, yeah, you see side... Uh, I don't think they ever showed the tip. Okay, I was wondering... Because I, I watched it on Apple, and I'm... Some, I'm like I was like, oh, did they just like edit it and that's move the your, camera? That's up. your teenage mind, right. add, adding the <laughs> filling the blanks, yeah, so to speak. That's upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was nearly perfect. <laughs> Mandela effect for you. Where you you'd inserted. Those I swear tips. you saw the nips in uh, in Rat Race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're thinking of the, the you thinking of the uh, teat of the cow. That's well. it. Yeah, that's <laughs> getting the two scenes confused. Well, they come off the road and head on to a monster truck racetrack, which is just being held next to where they were. Again, in and the this desert. is a good place to mention several times. People in this movie in this movie have just come off the road. They are all on, and there has just been an event yes. being held there: the Nazi Museum, yeah. the Veterans Convention, which Randy ends up at, yeah. the monster truck race. And I'd love to get inside the mind of a state planner who painstakingly drew out the maps for like the areas of Nevada, yeah. residential, industrial, commercial. Then he gets to tourism and he's like, oh shit, I've, I've filled out the map. So he builds one long road, yeah. puts all the tourism stuff along it. And he's like, people are going to love it. They can see all of it in one go. Journeys will be 10 times longer. They'll get to see it all. And I will love it. I will, that, that we kind of, but the, the whole veteran scene that Randy does where it's just like, yes, he's got the Hitler mustache on his lip and he burns his finger. Yeah. He also burns his tongue so he can't speak properly. And it's just such a tortured way to get him to flip off veterans and speak in fake German because his tongue is burnt. Yeah, it's very forced. As, as, and the, but so forced, but what saves it is just the old veteran pulling out oh, his yeah. gun to shoot him because <laughs> he genuinely thinks it's Hitler. I just, I just love that. I just I, had to mention that. I have a fun fact about that veteran. Oh, yeah? <gasps> Played by Jean LaBelle. He's a very famous wrestler from back in the day. Oh, really? He was um, very famous for... Uh, have you ever heard of Steven Seagal? Yes. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who um, he once claimed that he couldn't be choked out. He had a perfect <laughs> technique. Oh, is this the dude? And the man, the man who choked him out and fought, caused him to shit himself was Gene LaBelle. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a, a great an incredible, what an incredible legacy to have. That's, That's so amazing. I remember. See, this is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think I wrote I'm down back, that in. scene when when they pulled the gun out and shot. I think I wrote in the notes next to it, be like, "My biggest disappointment in this movie is that Randy wasn't shot for real." <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He's such a menace. I mean, they could all be shot. They could all, all be shot, insane. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, somehow Enrico got... Oh, I should actually mention first. Dwayne and Blaine steal a monster truck. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they escape just in time in it uh, and uh, get back on the road I suppose because they're going to end up in Silver City in a monster truck 
Enrico somehow got on the train that he jumped on, and this is <laughs> this is the second worst scene where he lets the second worst scene. This is better than this is better than the cow well, scene. Well, he doesn't actually molest the bear. He's just trying to get his key back. <laughs> it's yes, very suggestive. Molest the cat. <laughs> he, he no, he doesn't. He does because he's like reaching all up in there and shit. Like that's fine. He needs yeah. to get the key back. He's Italian. It's if there was rules. any moment, it was like at what point? Like uh, I, if I had someone who was making faces to my baby that much on the train, I'd be telling that guy to fucking leave like get, go away this was pre 9-11 people didn't know <laughs> <laughs> well it, well that's exactly what happens people start getting angry on the train and uh, eventually he's, he's gonna be kicked off for molesting a baby <laughs> and it just so happens to be conveniently out front of the <laughs> of the train station yeah yeah <laughs> of course we're getting to the end of the movie now and so we've got to get the characters there. Uh, everyone just starts arriving in Silver City. <laughs> Regardless of yeah, what's happened, uh, they all start foot racing towards towards the station because they've all lost their vehicles. And Rigo's train pulls in, so he arrives there first. But just as he's about to open the locker, he falls asleep because remember, he's narcoleptic. <laughs> Everybody else arrives at the locker. They open it. It's empty. And it turns out the hooker that was part of the bet from the movie's ages words. ago no, in the movie has stolen the money and her and Harold are about to make with the it. assistant, the Smithers type assistant to Donald <laughs> Yes. And they're going to run away with the money together. But just as that happens, the cow and the balloon from earlier on yes, in cahoots yes. drop and slow the car before it can get anywhere. The money gets caught on the rope and starts drifting towards a stadium. All very reasonable and likely. Yep. Yeah, I didn't see any faults Not yet. Not all contrived. The, the cow's driving the car at this point, I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure, if I remember correctly. And everyone gets on a double-decker bus, follows the balloon, yeah. drive into the stadium... Which is a Smash Mouth concert. <laughs> R.I.P. I, I forgot that Smash Mouth was the band at the end here. And I was like, it was tears in my eyes. Smash Mouth, how many times have someone used Smash Mouth's All-Star to end the movie? I was like... This, this is, is just, right in their heyday. This, this is, is 2001. This was in their heyday. Like, uh, were they a big band? Were they like in, really, really well, famous? Well, from the years of 1999 to 2002. Yeah. You better believe it. Damn straight, apparently. This movie was huge. They could have gotten David Bowie. They said, no, he got Smash Mouth. Fuck off. Well, it turns out to be like a fundraiser for Feed the Children or something. And there's this big confusion about the money being a donation. And slowly our entire cast is like, fine, this is what we intended. Take the money, children. And... And we went our way towards the end of the movie. One of the children is like, you're like the 12 disciples, which I find so funny considering we just got a scene where Rowan Atkinson molests a baby. And I'm pretty sure none of them did that in the Bible. <laughs> Probably in real life, sure. Also, underrated gag is when they donate the money and the counter goes up to $2,900,000. Like, like yeah. it <laughs> fuck all to that point. That was very, I, I very much enjoyed that gag. But then the, it ends with them being like, and then, you know, our main gun guy out yeah, Donald Sinclair shows up to see the finish line with all those rich cronies yeah. and then they say oh Donald Sinclair is here and he said he's going to donate whatever he's going to match whatever you donate and end up yeah. driving donations up to like 20 million yeah yeah that's the best part to me is like as soon as they say that and then it's the money just starts really as in. smash mouth perform all-star of course and which is actually what's causing the money to go up exactly, really. exactly. and that boys is the end of the movie the, the only thing this movie is en- is missing in the end is a um a, is a montage what? part <laughs> where they freeze frame and show where everyone is three years later 
I thought that's what was going to happen. I was really surprised. I thought it would freeze on each person and go, these two are married now. And... Yeah, yeah, right. Well, they left it up to the viewer to decide. Rat Race 2, now we're still yeah. racing, is coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope that's a joke. Please... <laughs> I'll reboot now. Oh, no, wait, I like it now. Don't die. Yeah, oh, that's so right. Yeah, but you're, you've gotten on board. Something that occurred to me is that on that final scene where they're all on stage, during the lead singer Smash Mouth, Smash Mouth was looking at John Cleese and being like, that guy will outlive me. Do you reckon he would have predicted that in a million years? <laughs> the lead singer of Smash Mouth. Oh yeah, he's just died. Yeah, he died like a month ago. Oh if my, that, a whoa. couple of weeks. That's why. That's why I said R.I.P. before. Holy yeah, shit! I was still Fuck. emotionally um, processing the news, and then you made me force me to watch this movie. <laughs> which I didn't realize he was the, the hug. I contest that. Barry forced us all to watch this movie. Well, nice. well, agreed to disagree. Hey, it's hey, forced. And also, I enjoyed every second. Of it. Just be glad. Like I've heard some of the movies, the atrocious <laughs> movies that you guys have had to watch. Yes, all right. we can make this one is not as bad as the others. I, I legitimately was, I thought I was going to hate this movie. I knew I like, enjoyed it as a kid. I genuinely was surprised at how much I enjoyed it on a second viewing. Well, let's get into that right now. Boys, here's the question of the pod. Pat, we'll start with you because I think we started with Barry last time. So, you think that was good, do yeah, you? Yeah, man. I mean, good, good physical humour, great stunts. A lot of, you know, the fact that every scene is completely disconnected and doesn't make any sense um, from one <laughs> scene to the next. Makes it, a, it's like a, it's like you're watching a sketch show. It's just no, no boring character development, just gag and gag and gag and gag. No, all those gags are good. What I didn't realize rewatching this movie is that it's a Zucker Brothers produced film, which makes a lot of sense in retrospect. That, those are the guys that did Airplane, the guys that did um, Hot Shots, and the guys that did a lot of the scary movies. Oh. Um, they produced this movie and it makes so much sense because it truly is just Gag, gag, gag. Oh, wow, gag. And yeah. And there's very little plot and very little character and very little. It's just like, let's get to the next set piece. And I like that. That's what I enjoy in a movie. It shows you that you can do a lot with a movie when you get all of the backstory out in the first 10 minutes. Exactly. You get all the preposition <laughs> done, and then you can just do whatever the fuck you want for th an hour and a half. <laughs> What a, what a review. <laughs> if you just get all the plot out of the way, you can just do whatever you like. I love it. Cool. I'm going to say yes, because I need friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Carl's in. Evan. I, I didn't have a problem with this movie for the first hour and ten minutes, and then it's, if they'd remove one scene each for each group of people, yeah. I'd have gone, good comedy, but... There was about 20 minutes where I was just flagging. I can, I can, play, I can agree with that. Yeah. So yeah, good movie. Oh, I've come around a bit. I don't hate it as much <laughs> yes. as I did. But it was just, yeah. it was way too long. There was way too much setup. Oh, it flows, matter. it flies by like a cow tied to a hot air balloon. Yeah. <laughs> the, the funny scenes really hold it up because some of them are really funny, but the lack of segues between each. <laughs> they like, just slow person, the movie down, Evan. Jarring. What are you talking yeah. about? With segues, this movie is three hours. Hours long. <laughs> <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head at the beginning. If Owen was taken out of this, we'd have lost about 20 minutes and everything better. Perfect. Yeah, I think. true. I say that. We got what we got <laughs> and we've watched it. So that's. That's all that's important. And I think, boys, if you're happy, that wraps us up. Because <laughs> we've kept you for long enough. I realise it's getting late there. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's all good. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for Thank having us. Thank you for having us. It's so fun. It is our pleasure. It's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you for this very long recording session. <laughs> One last time before we end off, tell everyone where they can find you. 
Uh, you can find Block Blunders podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram. We also have a TikTok, but we don't post there as much. So Instagram's the best place to go. Uh, and if you, yeah, if you like the pod and you, you like it listening, um, you can also email us on blockblunderspod at gmail.com. Perfect. And I'll put all that information in the description for you all. Thank you again, boys, for joining us. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you, Carl, for being here and suffering five <laughs> hours of my voice today. I know that's a, that's a big task for you. Join us again next time. I'm not quite sure when this episode will release because we're doing a bit of a season thing at the moment. Yep. So I can't tell you what will be next week. But hey, leave us a five-star review. Leave these boys a five-star review. Follow them on everything. You know our stuff. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>